Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Crit Chat, where a group of DMs get together every other week and discuss the important things in life, like what are your quarantine activities? Sound off. I don't. I feel the need to keep uh, making sure that everyone that's listening to this knows that we are in the bad times right now because, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just storm clouds. Storm clouds oh, from yeah. Wall. <laughs> but what's everyone's quarantine activities? Like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, have you got some new skills or is your quarantine activity sleeping more? That's also valid. Mm-hmm. This is Emily Kuklinski. I was out of work for a month. I start back work tomorrow, which is way too soon. Terrifying. Uh, mm-hmm. And... I haven't had a sleep schedule in a month, uh, so that's been fun. Uh, and I've been oh, playing God. Animal Crossing. I think I, I hit 200 yeah. hours of Animal Crossing. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. That's a lot nice. My island still doesn't look that great, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, well, okay, is that or is that not due to the fact that you have a nightmare scape on your island and a hell room that involves a terrifying, like, doll-worshipping chamber? Oh, you know, it's been updated. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did... updated for the better or worse, Emily. Um, I'm just going to say each room is a treat. That's all <laughs> I'll say. Oh, Emily! <laughs> Emily, no! Oh. Uh, every room has a theme that I'm slowly working on. Ismay was kind enough to send me some demon dolls. Yeah, I did add to the problem. And I, in return, sent her some of my favorite figurines. How have you liked my presents, Ismay? Well, Emily, you sent me men without skin, so... (laughs) (laughs) I know those men. Those are good men. Yeah, they're very good men. Those are good men. Uh, So it was bad to open and witness with my eyes, uh, but they're there and they are extant. So that's that's But there was also a second thing I sent you that was very endearing, I thought. Oh, wait, what one was that? It was the raccoon. Oh, it was. No, the raccoon was very, very good. Actually, I do like the raccoon. (laughs) It's got like a little spooky face on him. And that's good for me. I like him. Excellent. Uh, He's going to be like pride of place when I make my campsite nicer. Yeah. Chase, what's your quarantine activity been? So uh, I am Chase. Uh, I'm actually just (laughs) entering quarantine. Uh, Oh, terrible. Right, Everyone's well, terrifying for different reasons. I, ter- yeah, because so I, uh, my day job is a personal banker. So I am absolutely oh. an essential employee. However, my branch had a possible contamination and I can't really say much more than that. What? So Ooh. now I'm on a two week vacation without much a choice in the matter. <laughs> vacation for this i am yeah that's like a little vacay that's that's how i'm choosing to think about it because everything (laughs) else is terrifying um you know what (laughs) you're right yeah you know it's a it's a vacation with an inhaler you know um my uh, i have also been playing a lot of animal crossing uh (laughs) because that's just kind of what you do Uh, i also have a terrifying hell room with a skinless man in there (laughs) oh my god y'all mine's a fortune teller explain i give him a job good oh good you have to put someone to work when they've got no skin the first thing i think is exactly no if you put the um wall mounted like iron light uh immediately uh-huh. behind a the skeleton model uh the light uh-huh. will shine through the eye sockets and it's terrifying oh jeez <laughs> i don't know to know that now it's, i have to is, find that and do that uh, look i that will take a picture good. and i will post it to twitter for you to see 
Thank um, you. And it's it is my favorite little little goofy hack I found in the game. And I have God. just moved him from room to room as oh I have my expanded. God. <laughs> oh, Chase. So yeah, I, I just have a really creepy attic now, and it's great. That's good. Um, Kai, how's your Animal Crossing going? I, I don't have that game. I know. What's your quarantine activity then? I have fallen horrendously ill. Oh, yeah. That will that- Yeah. Again, uh, not COVID. Thank it's nothing you. Nothing timely or topical. Um, good, but good, yeah, good. I just managed to get a massive sinus infection, and I've just been sleeping more. Ah. Mm-hmm. Hey, sleeping is a valid activity during these times. Absolutely, one hundred percent. I have been living what I can only assume is a health guru life. Like I, I don't Sounds know if it's nice. a health guru or if, like I feel like an Instagram mom mm-hmm. because currently mm-hmm. my life is wake up, do some chores, do my work, do yoga. Go on a nice brisk walk and then make a nice homemade meal for the family every day. So I've gone full Instagram mom and I don't know how to deal with that as a person. I so uh, Gotta say, yeah. maybe, maybe greater empathy for Instagram moms in the future or, or derision. Yeah. Or greater derision because no, you've been definitely, there. No, definitely, definitely a lot more respect for them because, like, you do this every day and then, like, you take nice pictures of it. By the time that I have done all the things, I'm so sleepy, I could not take pictures of the things that I do mm-hmm. or give a shit about the food more than just put it into my body and eat it. Right. Um. Mm. So, like, the fact that you're still on the game after that, fuck. <laughs> you do you. Get back on that hustle, baby. But here, today, we are talking about High-level campaigns, baby. This is another one that I get to essentially say nothing for, which is great, because I have never got through a campaign more than, like, the kind of mid-levels for just various reasons, mostly because I keep moving away to different places. So my knowledge of high-level campaigns is fairly fucking minimal, so y'all get to do this while I have a drink. (laughs) So, um, before we proceed, do we want to define when we like what high level is like yes what level do you hit when it becomes high level Mm. for for, for this discussion (laughs) i should say for this discussion uh, i was thinking like i don't know like maybe level 17 to 20 okay so um that's what we in the adventures league business like to keep called tier four Mm. tier four uh oh wait what what is what specifically is tier four um, it is characters playing from level 17 to 20. Oh, specifically oh. 17? Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. fuck. I fucked that, fucking nailed that right on the head, baby. Yeah, you yeah. Excuse me. For Thank just pure you. intuition. I just like know D&D like so well is the only problem. Just like, so maybe, good at d and Just like too good at D&D is maybe, is maybe where I'm fucking up here. Uh, so yes, t- tier four, baby, 70 to 20. I think the highest that I've got folk is uh, 12 or 13. So I got kind of far, but not far enough <laughs> so i'm still backburn a bit so like what, what what's like the highest level that everyone has got their players to so it's funny that we that, that, that we're talking about this today because the highest mm. i have personally gotten players thus far has been about <laughs> 10 11 no 
about 12, 13, about the same as you, Ismay. The, hey. the difference, though, is oh, that no. I am about to take over a party of level 18s <gasps> in two weeks for a two oh, shot no. to take them to the hoop to 20. These are, uh, this is my uh, home group that I've been playing with for years and years and years. Uh, the characters that we have right now, some people have been playing since, uh, for about almost three years i want to say fuck yeah and um so my my good buddy and podcasting co-host griffin uh is going to finish his campaign this upcoming sunday and then i'm taking over for two games and then we are all going clean slate new characters oh my god yeah terrifying yeah it's a little spooky So I like that this is like going to be half what you've done to prep and half you try to find hazards of what yeah, to do. That's good. Exactly. Just like trying to get in there early. I like mm-hmm. it. Don't have to wait for the episode release. Hell no. Uh, Kai, what about you? So um, uh, none of the games that I've run from like level one have gone super high. As, as I said, as, as you said before, like around 10th to 12th level or so. But I have run a bunch of high level stuff. I've run a lot of uh, Adventures League games, which some of them have been tier three and four. And I've also run a campaign where the players started at 20th level. Oh my Ooh. god, Kai, why do you do this to you? <laughs> what the fuck? It was really fun. Fucking terrifying. Kai, weren't you held enough as a child? <laughs> uh, this, this is just me being a concerned citizen. Uh, do they hold children in Australia? <laughs> or are you just what like, the there fuck? are dangerous spiders everywhere? I'm just going to start at level 20 in this campaign. Oh my god. Look, basically... I was running a campaign which features a procedurally generated dungeon. And when I say that, I mean, like, in fiction, it procedurally generates. Oh, that's And okay. so it that's matches cool. the, the basically the, the power level of, of the people entering it. And so I just said okay. to the players, like, hey, you guys, honestly, like, what level do you want to start at? The fiction of this can be any level. And, of course, they said 20. I don't know why I was surprised. I feel like every time that players do that funny goof joke, like, when you're like, oh, what what level are you guys now again? I always have to ask because I never remember. Uh, and they're like, oh, we got to level 20. I'm like, fuck it, I guess. Go for it. See if you know any of your spells. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> like, like, the idea of play- playing a level 20 character to me uh, is terrifying because I barely know how to play a level 1 character. I cannot imagine <laughs> just being given a level level 20 and be like do it i mean yeah on that note a lot of people's experience with high level play is that one shot where we all make 20th level characters and then just demolish a red dragon (laughs) um that's fun and fine but like it's as you're saying like it's a lot the character sheet and ultimately the experience can be a little frustrating potentially because in a way nobody really knows what they're doing um (laughs) (laughs) especially not me mood yep yeah i mean even (laughs) even the dm is like they've just put a single ancient red dragon and of course it gets stomped on because of well, course yes, it does because you're gods at that point but also if we made a proper encounter we wouldn't have time so yeah let's be real God. i feel like the game is kind of stacked against a dm once you get to level 20 a little bit like at least you don't have to worry about killing like doing a full party kill with like a shrub which i accidentally did on one of my first games because i forgot how powerful <laughs> trees and shrubs are i love you so much I'm like oh this will be great and then i realized ah uh, cr levels is that what they're yeah, called? Yeah, the, the challenge rating. Yeah. 
Yeah, challenge yeah, ratings. Yeah. I, I, that's when I was introduced to the world of challenge ratings and my <laughs> life has forever been changed. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we've been playing half damage. Plug, 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 plug. Plug, and, plug, plug. <laughs> uh, it's great being, I think we're level eight. And uh, I have a very charismatic character. And it's like, I very rarely don't roll over a 20 if I'm trying, yeah. to, if I'm trying to charm yeah. someone. And I'm like, that. it's been a while since I've played. Uh, I've, I've DM'd a game. Uh, and I sometimes worry about Ismay because I do stupid shit all the time and I worry constantly if I'm going to be her troublesome player because I'm rolling well and have dumb ideas. Emily, you have to know you are my troublesome. You cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm your troublesome player and I hate it. I don't. I I say that to be polite. I love it so much. I love that you're the worst. I I also like the idea that every so often you just sit there and go, how would I deal with me? have no answer that's good <laughs> but yeah i uh the, the the highest level i ever played with players i think i got up to about 10 or 11 uh but i had like a special one shot where they all that they, they went through like a puberty of D proportions and i think i made oh, them like yeah. level 17 for a dream sequence I like that. but that's <laughs> it <laughs> I love the idea of a dream sequence. That's fucking yes. (laughs) You know me. I love cliches. But yeah, that was... So Emily touched on it a little bit, but that was one of my main things of not understanding how to do higher level campaigns. Because as said, we're in level eight in half damage. And... In a, an encounter, like not to not to be big spoilers for it. Essentially, there is a moment where you've got like a very high-powered encounter, which was very nearly stopped because an eighth-level player can just banish mm-hmm. the, uh, the creature that's going to to murder them all, and then the encounter is just over. So when you've mm. got people at level eight that are able to stop that just automatically, mm-hmm. that's I wild to me that you can go any higher and still have any kind of encounters. I've also been in that fight. It's really fun when you're the player. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. It's great when you're the player, when you're the DM and you're like, well, I guess you could go shopping now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's an inverted graph. As you level yeah. up, the players get happier, but the DMs get a lot more <laughs> existential crises territory. <laughs> Right. You have a lot more beach episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be aware of what your players can do. So if your players have the banishment spell, you should know that they have the banishment spell so that you can design encounters that can withstand that. Or not, if you want to let them be powerful for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because, well, okay, well, here's the other thing. I thought that was the case because I'm pretty, like, I thought I knew he had banishment. That was great. And then I was like, well, it's fine because I've got a counter spell. And then he also had a counter spell. So yes. he counter spell the counter spell. So fucking yep. here we are again. Yeah, the only thing that spoiler, spoiler, spoiler saved spoiler, him spoiler, spoiler. was that the world itself didn't allow banishment. Yeah. 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 Like the whole, the world of Barovia doesn't allow it. That in itself is something. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of the big dungeons um, in some of the published adventures, like Tomb of Annihilation and Dungeon of the Man Mage, really restrict the kinds of magic that can exist inside the dungeons, just to limit like those particular spells, like um, that can break games all of a sudden. If you can just plane yeah. shift to anywhere in the multiverse, like then yeah. why bother? 
with the dungeon of the Mad Mage. Yeah. If you can just teleport to the bottom level, like, why are we walking through it? Well, because you can't. Because Halister says no. <laughs> I just, like, I always just worry about cases like that when, again, they've put in these game-breaking spells, and then your players obviously take them because they're like, yeah, that's a cool spell. And then you're like, okay, but it's a spell you're never allowed to use? Mm-hmm. I always feel like maybe that's cheating the players a little bit. Like, I always worry that they're like, well, I took this spell for a reason, and I'm just never allowed to use it. Yeah. So, like, kind of like when someone puts Liaman's tiny hut in their spell list. <laughs> okay. And they're never no, 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 no. allowed to use it. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're never allowed to <laughs> cast it as an action and then carry it around like it's a Pokeball for their own themselves, Emily. Like, not, it's not like a moving barricade for them, Emily. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna call Sarah and have her have a very stern discussion with her husband and get me the head of Wizards of the Coast and have them make me a pocket Liaman's tiny hut spell. That's what I need. I want to be like Metal Gear Solid and just be Snake with this cardboard box and just be like, boo, 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 yeah. and then, and then people will be like, where'd you go? And I'd be like, well, I'm in here because you can see through Liam's tiny hut. But wow! <laughs> <laughs> but no, Emily's but not allowed no. to do whatever she wants. <laughs> it's very specific, and I do have players that absolutely agree with you. Thank oh, you. Yeah. We will revolt. <laughs> oh, no. I'll, I'll get like a petition signed once we get famous enough. I'll have a petition go, and then we'll change uh, the rules of D and D. It just says Emily do what Emily want, and then some signatures. <laughs> so here's yeah. the. So Emily, here's the thing. This is the trick of it. Is that what you have to do? I is... don't want this. No, no, no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. Help <laughs> me. No. Help uh, me. Help no. me. Look, no. This is no. Free speeches, mate. This is general general advice for everybody, is that when you are running a game and there's something that you don't like in it, you just take over and then you put it in there, but then you have to deal with it. Because that's what that player did when she wanted uh, all of the Liaman's tiny hut, and I could only give her so much Liaman's tiny hut, she made a better (laughs) version of it, attached it to an item, and put it in uh, the world once I stepped down from being the GM. Oh god, that's a nightmare that you just have to deal with other people's things yes. and the consequences of their actions. Oh no. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. The other thing too is like, if Emily has a Lehman's Tiny Hut, which can pokeball all over the place, why can't all the goblins <laughs> have their own one as well? Because they're not I... as smart as me. Well. <laughs> they're all little bitches, and I oh, know how to god. work magic, because I'm sorry what'd you say, <laughs> just... and I'm the smartest person in our party. Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of the podcast break chat with your host, Ismay. Hope you are enjoying this episode on something that, again, I know absolutely nothing about. But look, I I have a winning personality that I contribute to, okay? I uh, hope you enjoy everyone else giving some really good advice and me being there. I'm going to go over all of the middle of the podcast break chat stuff because that's where we dang are. So that makes sense. Uh, if you want to find us on other places, you can go ahead and do that. We've got a lot of social media things you should be a part of. You can find us on our Facebook at facebook.com forward slash crit chat, all one word, on twitter.com forward slash crit underscore chat, 
our Discord down in the description of wherever you're listening to this. Uh, it really helps us to know how many people are out there and who's out there. Uh, and if you ever have any questions that you want us to answer on the show, like if you have anything that maybe happened in one of your games or just something that you, you want to plan for in future games and you don't know how, we are happy to answer those. We will get we'll, we'll get right on it. Any suggestions of things that people want us to cover from our social medias uh, that will take priority in the list of things that we're going to talk about. We can have just week by week go, eh, now let's talk about this. So if there's something specifically you guys want us to talk about, we'd be more than happy to do that. Go and let us know on any of those social medias. That's our Facebook, our Twitter, or our Discord. If you want to help us out for helping you out, uh, you can go ahead and do that in a money's way. What? On our Patreon. Our Patreon is at patreon.com forward slash critchat, all one word. And even if you kick in as little as a dollar a month, that really helps us out. It helps us keep us alive on all the platforms. Uh, these are very strange times we are living in right now. So I very, very much understand if this point is not the point that you can donate money. Uh, we're all feeling the burn a little bit. Uh, so it would really help us out if you kicked in a little bit money on our Patreon. But if not, thank you very much for listening anyway. And if you want to help us out in a way that doesn't involve money, it genuinely the thing that you can do the most in this world is just suggest us to other people like maybe if there's people online they're like oh I'm running a D&D game and I'm kind of nervous about it or have people ask questions at various places on the internet and you suggest us that really really helps us out more than anything else you could possibly do for this show and it would make us feel very very good and if you've done that and you tag us in it, we'll come in there and be like, hey, love you very much. You get my, I'll give you like a shout out on the show or some shit. I don't know. Uh, but honestly, more than anything else, like telling other people to want to listen in to us really fucking helps. So it would be very cool if you did that in the future. If all of these links are too much for you and you've forgotten all of them already, it's cool. So have I. Uh, you can find all of them on our website. Our website is critchatpodcast.com and you can find all the links to all the things on there. It also has a link to our YouTube channel where you get like fun little clips that you can share around with your friends. Uh, and all that jazz. It also has a nice little directory of all the people that have been on Crit Chat. So if you want to know more about anyone, then you can head on over and find them there. Also, we mentioned a, a little bit in this episode, but we do also have a different podcast. That podcast is Half Damage. Half Damage is an actual play podcast where we play through um, a bastardized version of Curse of Strahd. A lot of people from the show are on it, including the beautiful Emily, who is in this very episode. And you get to see her and three other heroes battling through Barovia as pint-sized heroes. It's very funny, it's a little bit spooky, and it's weirdly very emotional. So if that is interesting to you, then go ahead and find that wherever you find podcasts. That is Half Damage. I'll let you get back to the episode now uh, and learn more about high-level campaigns. Yeah, high-level campaigns. I, we'll we get to it eventually, don't worry. What were we talking about again? <laughs> High levels, I think. Uh, okay, so uh, essentially, help is May. D how do you come up with encounters that survive your characters at level 20 where they are essentially gods? So my first thing, my first recommendation would be to get a hold of their character sheets and look at what they have. <laughs> and from there, uh, figure out, do they have a lot of spellcasters on their team? In which case have a lot of things with counterspell and dispel magic and anti-magic field and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, if they're a bunch of bruises, have a lot of spells which disrupt them and all that on your side. Like, make encounters which can threaten them. Don't necessarily try to 
counter them outright, like, as if, like, you're trying to kill them, but, like, you're trying to make the fight interesting, so there should be... There should, you should be able to present a challenge. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I would... Uh dovetail off of that in addition to getting a hold of the character sheets don't be afraid to challenge the player as well that's kind of at least my ethos going into these upcoming weeks is that the challenges that i'm going to be putting before the players aren't necessarily going to be challenging the sheets it's going to be challenging their ability to mm. role play and uh whatever i can throw at them not just you know uh the all-seeing voice in the sky but also me their friend who has played with these characters for several years especially if you are running a long-standing party you know what makes these characters tick you know exactly what kinds of plot points, what things would they would find tempting and interesting, depending on what kind of emotion you're going for. Because if you've got high level characters and it's not just a one shot and it's like a uh, something big and overarching that you're trying to draw to a close, you need to grab those heartstrings and hold them with an iron fist and use every single one of them. And that's the other thing too. Like my recommendation would, would be also be maybe don't start. A game at level 20. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't hey, Be cool to yourself, I guess. And it's not for the reason you think. It's because, like, <laughs> it's more rewarding to have the characters start off lower and grow. I've played in that game where we started at the first level and did end up at 20. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool. And also, it was never a big jump in, like, learning curve because yes. we spent <laughs> a good year doing it like right i had plenty of time to learn how to play my character i kind of had the philosophy and it's really just reiterating what these other two fine gentlemen have said but uh dnd you should approach it kind of the same way that you would playing the sims in that uh <laughs> if you just money load and give yourself all of the money and you do all of the cheats i mean it's 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 easier but that doesn't make it more fun yeah rosebud is great but it defeats the purpose right it's it's kind of like when you watch a tv show literally everything that fuels a television show is conflict everything that fuels mm -hmm. yeah. theater is conflict and if you eliminate the source of conflict which is really your players uh inability to have like a full spell book at their disposal then you're not gonna have as fun of a game and as a dm you're gonna i think be a little bit more stressed out mm -hmm. um yeah. but if you have like that slow grind your players really appreciate higher level spells more uh and i think yeah. that because i know like as someone who's played magical people before higher spell slots are kind of expensive uh, mm -hmm. for mm. your magical use and <laughs> you're like oh, i only have like one fourth level spell slot right now as a level eight and i treasure it so dearly like i don't yeah. just use it willy-nilly so there's that and then a friend of mine has also if you're at the higher level splat, splat, I don't know why I keep on Fly. saying spot a splat, but we're just going to go with it. <laughs> splats. Uh, he does like a Hercules rule where sometimes if they're going up, if they're going against like a really plot flavorful monster or villain, he'll do kind of like what happens in Hercules where he'll make sure to attack them with spells that like eliminate one of their more useful uh spills or spill oh my god <laughs> it's two o'clock why am i doing this it's almost three it's uh, not even like the early morning emily it's not <laughs> just i'm gonna try this again i believe in you i believe like once we were going up against a monster or like a, of course we were going against a monster we were going against a dragon oh and the dragon like hit me as a wizard and it 
uh, I failed an intelligence saving throw, and so I became very Oof. dumb. And so I had oh, to figure no. out new ways to be useful to the party without my intelligence uh, mm. spellcasting modifier. Mm. So that's interesting. Like, finding ways to eliminate a character's stronghold and make them think creatively is always fun. At that, Not as the player, because you hate it, but it's fun. I was going to say, it's like, well, <laughs> that's a, that is entirely, that is fun for the GM always. Uh, oh, yeah. But player pending, that can be really frustrating. And maybe avoid yeah. that well, specifically, unless you know that player is going to love that particular challenge. It's a right. nasty spell. Um, it's, 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 it's called Fable Mind. It's a really nasty spell. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah. awful. It yeah. does, the like, worst. only last 30 days, however. Like, it's not permanent. It's a long time. <laughs> well, that- a fight i think so yes. like, god i hope so, so. but what, i like you can also like what he ended up doing which i appreciated was that every round instead of doing it like directly to zero i would lose a point for every round of combat oh. so it got progressively oh, nice. more difficult and i wasn't oh. just upset right away it was like oh i have a little bit of time to plan yeah. uh and but also i'm fun. upset but i'm not super upset about it <laughs> i am so. writing that down and blaming you if i end yeah. up using it because that <laughs> That's good. That's cool. Thank you. I like that. Guild drain. That's guild drain. Stat drain. <laughs> yeah. Just like over time. That's fun. That's a good thing to do for a high level campaign. Just make them worse mm-hmm. than they're supposed to be. That's mm. fun. Make I a like Benjamin that. Button. Like once they get to the peak <laughs> of their <laughs> lifetime, just like. <laughs> I also like bending the rules to make encounters a bit trickier. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, yes. it's not even bending the rules per se but like for example one one encounter I did in that 20th level campaign was they entered this large cave um, with this large pile of gold uh, in the middle and then an invisible dragon attacked them oh um, oh yeah <laughs> basically um, a spellcaster who was a friend of the dragon had cast the wish spell yeah. to make the dragon permanently invisible I'm a big fan of like the, the use of bad guys using the wish spell because they should be able to and yeah. particularly making spell effects permanent um, mm-hmm. there's an example of it in um, Tomb of Annihilation which is where I got the idea there's a beholder which is invisible permanently and it's in a room and the door's locked behind you and it's a bad time and we might have all died I mean fair yeah <laughs> I like, yeah, taking things that are just going to be like a little more inconvenient for many reasons, though I I still always have that fear of, you know, you've made an invisible dragon. They're like, can we make it uninvisible? Or you're like, no. And they're like, we got, we can, you like, can, can make I it cast un- this spell? And you're like, you don't have line of sight to it, loser. Exactly. No That's exactly sight, why. Baby. Yeah, you can make it uninvisible. Um, You need to cast a ninth level to spell magic. Um, oh, 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 God. Horrifying. It's very but, like, good, you know though. What? You have level 20 characters that yeah. you can, they can do anything. So like, mm-hmm. fucking do whatever. Yeah, what are some of the good encounter, like high level encounters that you've done? For like just for ideas for other people who might want to do them in the future. Not me. I don't. I'm already scared. But one thing that's worked for me in the past just having multiple CR around ten monsters around the same amount that there are players. Um, stuff like okay. stone golems, types of devils, stuff like that, rot trolls, and you you just treat them like these are roughly equivalent to a 20 level character. And the players will still win, but it's like, it's a fight that they have to do yeah. in the game before they get to the big boss. Like, mm-hmm. it's a decent encounter. Oh yeah, definitely chipping away at a player's resource is, that's what you gotta do. You have to make them think they're in the big fight 
fight, so they spend all their big stuff and then have the big fight. Mm. Yeah. Though if they're if they've been doing it day by day and they're like and they they know how this game works, there's a good chance they will do that and be like, and then we sit down and long rest. So you have to make sure that there is no ability for them oh, yeah. to sit down and long rest. Yeah, I'll say that's true of like pretty much every level of play. Like yeah. mm-hmm. if you if you're not trying to be kind to your players and present a challenging game, make it difficult to rest. That's the that's the big thing. Or at least make it difficult to take a long rest. Yeah. Short rest for sure. Like um yeah. Fifth Edition actually assumes that like you'll be taking way more short rests than people actually do for the most part. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think fifth edition, at least in some part of its design, was still has that we're going to go into a dungeon and spend a whole day in there and then come out and then go back in. It is like because that's what the game used to be at its core so i think it still has uh some of that stank on it from back in the day and that that (laughs) all that old that old that that old 1970s early 80s stank where i don't want to what does that smell like murder hobo yeah it also smells like rolling for seduction yes Uh, I was thinking more like hairspray and (laughs) floor. I would also say that, uh, and I think this kind of works out for most encounters, but especially with higher level ones, um, it's really important that you have like an A and a B storyline going Mm -hmm. on in your battle. And what I mean is you have like your main, it's pretty much like any video game that you play. You have your A villain who you know you have to defeat, but your B storylines are little extra things that you also have to take care of throughout the battle. Because I think that gives the characters more to focus on. And if you make those little things, things that they actually have to defeat in order to do significant damage to your big baddie, um, then they're encouraged to, you know, they, they have to think through how they're going to use their spell slots or their abilities on the big baddie. Mm-hmm. Like they have to kind of have an economic approach to how they battle. Um, yeah. So I think that's useful. And then I don't know, kill them. <laughs> I think, I think that also helps. Right. <laughs> if like you kill one or two of them, just like, fuck it. You know, I mean, you say that, um, but like instant death mechanics um, actually sort of become a lot more prevalent in high level monsters. Um mm. So, like, attacks where um, either it's a save or die sort of thing, um, or something like Finger of Death, where if you have less than 100 hit points, yeah. you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, or anything wh- anything where if the damage reduces you to zero hit points, you die and you can't be revived yeah. sort of things. Like, uh, disintegrate. That shit, yeah, that noise was all of my feelings all wrapped up into one. It terrifies. I don't know how I've DM'd for this long. It terrifies me the idea that my players might die because I love them so much. And I, just... I have lost a character to not only disintegrate, but disintegrate cast by deck oh. of many things. Oh, Ooh. sweetie, no. Now that's, the DM did realize that that was some bullshit and we were able to do some mumbo okay. jumbo, but at the same time, mumbo jumbo did. There, was some, there was a moment where it's like, one of my buddies, you know, got a castle and became a king. Another friend oh. got to cast Wish and gave herself wow. ice person powers. And I I got turned to dust. <laughs> <laughs> so great. I like that. You know Ken. what? The, like, 
I'm kind of back on back on board with it. That that's like party hubris at its best. <laughs> I was like, look, I'm sure it's gonna be good a third time. That's how that works. It's, it's been good twice already. Exactly. Yeah. Odds are good a third time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be fair, if you're as the players, well, not as the players, as the the characters, they only saw good things happen when you draw out the cards. Of course, you keep going. Yeah. Like this is a deck True. of cards that makes good shit happen. Exactly. Well, this is. And what oh, was funny ahead. is the character that presented these cards was uh, it was a, an NPC invented by the GM and uh, we stuck around with those characters for a long time and uh, my character refused to go back in that store ever again. <laughs> and it's like he was like not a main quest giver but he was if you wanted cool magic items you had to go to Mumbo's Mumblatorium and, uh, and my my Very good, sweet yes. changeling boy just wouldn't do it. <laughs> uh, Emily, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, it was just going to be a joke uh, about how that's how uh, <laughs> D&D is how we solve America's gambling problem. Because when you realize that a stupid decision that you make could, you know, kill you, uh, you know, <laughs> why are you going to go to the casino? I don't know. I don't know how to solve anything. Look, I've got a, a couple of friends who work at the local casino. One of them is a, uh, is a card girl there. I am certain- Ooh, that she could come up with a very good game that uses the deck of many things. Oh, yeah. Oh. Isn't it called Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> I mean, you know, point, that's very good. Hey. Point, I've you said. know what? Hey, Kai, if we're here to make good points, then we wouldn't be on crit chat. So, like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, we never emphasize that the crit and crit chat is for success or failures. So, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not critical success chat. I can tell you that much. That's fair. Now. I have uh, added Deck of Many Things Poker to my uh, podcast idea list, and I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to factor that in, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to be fun. Look, we'll make it, uh, uh, we'll workshop something. Uh Like, that that could be one of the other episodes. Like, how to make that into a stellar poker game where you only, like, it's like strip poker. You might get naked or you might die. (laughs) I've played a lot of weird strip poker. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Deck of Many. The deck of many things is based on a tarot deck, so like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe just play one of the games you play with a tarot deck. Maybe. I mean, you don't play a lot of games with a tarot deck. It's more just like telling people's future. Yeah, it's you actually like. Okay, so here's, here's some history on tarot decks. They are they were originally like card game sets, um, oh. uh, in places mm-hmm. like Romania and all of that. And oh, then when yeah. they when they they spread into like other nations, and people thought they were all like weird and exotic. Um, it sort of took on this quality of mysticism. And that's where the fortune telling comes from. But originally, they're just, yeah. they're just card games. Neat. Yeah, like it, the suits that you get on it are things that are like the suits in actual card decks. And yeah, stuff. the minor arcana deck is functionally yeah, identical cards. to mm-hmm. modern playing cards, except we have one extra. It's got um, one extra on each face card. <laughs> yeah. um, they have a, a page, is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The suits are different, but like that doesn't mean anything. You just change the name of the suit. Oh like, yeah. yeah. But now I just use them to fucking tell people's damn fortunes, baby. Read the future. Read the future, baby. I miss my little tarot deck. I've not done tarot readings in a while. I want to start it again. Mm-hmm. I'll start. I'll start an online business where I talk people through uh, their future and just be like, I, I suspect you're going to be inside a lot. <laughs> my, I see a game with a lot of animals that you're friends with. Weird. Weird that the cards are saying. <laughs> this just do do animal crossing once and then just like you'll never be wrong because you'll just be like 
<laughs> what if I made Animal Crossing tarot cards? Bye, guys. Have a nice rest of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. hey, bye, guys. Fuck off now. It's time for me to do my thing, my dastardly deeds. I ran a game uh, for, and one of the players was my sister, and she ran a character who one of the things she did was she had tarot cards and she'd do fortunes for people. And, like, often NPCs and the other players around the table. And I'd just let her do it, and she'd come up with what the results were, and then it wouldn't affect the game at all because it's bullshit. Kai! What? It was nearly a cool mechanic. If you want to see the future, cast a goddamn spell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awful. Hey, guys. Did you know that a magic carp is nearly three feet tall? I did actually. Emily, That's a big where did fish. this come from? And Emily? twenty-two pounds. Emily, what are you doing? Emily, what are you doing while you're podcasting? <laughs> Emily, we're in. I just found we're it. in the middle of a podcast on D and D. What are you doing, Emily? Um, I was trying to think of like high-level campaigns, and uh, so you looked up magic. I saw a magic carp <laughs> Pokemon card on my desk, and I'm like, huh. Uh, didn't realize uh, that they're. Two foot eleven, so they're almost three feet tall. It's a giant yeah, freaking fish. Also, its description is: in the distant past, it was somewhat stronger than the horribly weak descendants that exist today. Oh, hey, oh, buddy, that's Which just mean. mean. <laughs> that's cruel. Anyway, that's all I. That's all I have to contribute. <laughs> I, I think I've been pretty. <laughs> I've been pretty knowledgeable most of this podcast, so I yeah. needed to throw good. in You some had some things. Emily Charm um, in there. Some em- I have one point on another problematic spell, or potentially problematic spell. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, plane Shift. Um, a lot of DMs just sort of, like, I've heard just refuse to run high-level games because they don't want to have to prepare the entire multiverse should the players just choose to plane shift wherever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First off, you can just ask your players, not, hey, we're not, like, just doing, don't. Just don't pick plane Please shift. Please don't. The second you cast plane shift, this game is over. Yeah. like yeah. We're shifting to the real world where you have to go to your job <laughs> and play other not so cool games. But like, are they thinking of like how to do a more compelling multiverse spanning adventure? And I noticed that uh, plane shift has a material component. It has a gold cost, so you can't replace it with an arcane focus yeah. or a component cast. Bitch. Uh, and it's a tuning fork that is attuned to a specific plane. Mm. Um, oh. And so the the book doesn't give you any information on where you can find these tuning forks. So nowhere. Well, yes, that can be one option. <laughs> nowhere is an option. It's but good. The way you make this tuning fork, in my mind, could be it's a regular piece of metal that you do a treatment to, but you have to do it on the plane that you want it to be able to send it to. So if you want to have mm. a tuning fork for the material plane, you do it on the material plane. If you want it for the elemental plane of fire, you do it on the elemental plane of fire. And that means that your players, without any resources they've gathered over time, they can't just go wherever they want. They can acquire the tuning forks through the regular means of questing and purchasing them from people and all of that, which you as the DM control. Or they can go to those other planes through other means and create their own tuning forks there, again, through you probably portals, which is something that you, the DM, control. Right up until you get to um, 17th level, where a wizard could take astral projection, and then they can can (laughs) astrally project... And go off into other planes. But at that point, though... God damn it. At that point, though, you're reaching the 17th level. And, like, maybe you should be able to do that. And it in itself is an adventure. Because you still have to, like, go to the astral plane. Look around <laughs> there for a shimmering portal to, like, another plane. And then, like, you have, you'll probably get attacked by an astral dreadnought on the way. Like, it's still... It's it's not free. Stop you still it. have to do things. Yeah. Know? Yeah. There's a cost for being able to do that. And in that exactly. time, you as the GM can prep for it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's another one of those ones that's... 
easier one if you're doing a full campaign like from beginning to end mm-hmm. uh, instead of a one shot where they're just like why why wouldn't I have this tutor? if I've got this I can just go wherever and you're like oh no yeah. <laughs> but I mean, my like, campaign I highly actually honestly I highly recommend a high level one shot just don't expect it to be great Long. <laughs> um, L- longer than three seconds like like chances are it'll be like a bunch of nonsense you'll probably all have fun because like hey you got to cast a meteor swarm but like all of my experiences with that kind of stuff is it's just a bit of a mess and that's okay and you know, as long as you approach it <laughs> knowing that it's going to be fun something that i think is fun to do once these dark times are, are over and we're allowed to be in physical space with people again oh um, see people yeah and you know play D with a person in a space um wow. uh Make them all swap bodies and make them pass their character mm-hmm. sheets to each other, and they yes! have to run each other. I have been a oh, part of that's campaign- my shit. I have been a part of campaign multiple campaigns where that was the crux of a of a knight's adventuring is you have to accomplish this task, but Chase the Barbarian is now Chase the Cleric, and you've got to you've got to keep everybody up, and now that's your job. I am um, and- on that note. Uh, mm-hmm. In that 20th level campaign, I had somebody cast a wish spell, um, mm-hmm. and they asked to be... I'm trying to remember what they asked for. They asked to be smarter. And so I looked around the table, and I figured out, like, okay, the druid has a higher intelligence than you. Oh, no. Swap character sheets. <laughs> and they're oh, conscious that is... swap bodies. Monkey's paw! <laughs> Honestly nicer than I would have gone, because I would have given them a single stat point up. Oh. They are smarter. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, they they were kind of specific. They wanted to. I, I, try, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was like it got around to that. They wanted to be significantly smarter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I like that it was, a lot. Um, it, 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 I also like. I should preface that was a wish being cast by like a malicious genie. So like, yeah. Okay. Poor all the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Going to be a bit garbage. I would like to say that this is a hundred percent made me um less scared of high level campaigns, um. But some of the things have made me more scared. I will say that. Some of it has so, made me more scared of high-level campaigns. Maybe, may, but, then allow me to say something that maybe will make you feel a little better about it. Is um, that <laughs> when you are at a high-level campaign, that's a good time to be wrapping things up. Hmm. Like, yes. no matter h- how high-level they are, they can only get so powerful and eventually it will end. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, they they can't get any stronger than 20. And if they're at 20, you really should be looking for the exit ramp. It's like, okay, let's go ahead. Let's wrap these characters up and get them set up as the heroes that your next characters aspire to. Because being able to throw a, a character's player character as a benevolent incredibly powerful npc like 20 end game years down the road that is my juice i live off of that that is part of why i am running this uh taking these characters to the hoop because i've been around long enough to know some characters that not everybody knows anymore so i'm gonna be able to put some old friends in front of people that they haven't seen in like seven eight Mm. years or something like that that's cool so one thing i learned running this this campaign i did was that I feel like I've got more of a grasp of what the intent of the 20th level features kind of are. In, in a way, I feel that, like, the features you get at 20th level are sort of supposed to be almost a victory lap kind of thing. You've mm-hmm. beaten the game already. Like, you sort of beat the game at 19th level, and then you hit 20th, and then you become so powerful that it's just sort of... 
you win and now we have some fun with this and then the campaign ends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That might sound strange looking at the 20th level features. Uh, a lot of them look pretty tame, but um, what they all tend to do is just allow you to keep using your features more and be a druid more and be a paladin more and do those things to a kind of a ridiculous amount. Uh, and it sort of makes it difficult for you to uh, to pace the game better. And that's fine because, again, you sort of, you do that victory lap. You, you kill a god and then we end the campaign. Okay, I do like that. I like the idea of it being a victory lap instead of like a, this is going to be even more powerful. It's just like a little, little end sequence. It's the freeze frame, where are they now, 90s mm-hmm. after high school bullshit. Um, have any of y'all played Witcher 3? No. Probably not. Never mind that. Okay, <laughs> for people who have, level 20 is like the end sequence of Blood and Wine. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, my option is that it's when K.K. Slider starts singing... And all of the credits roll. And so, Ismay, I will say too, like, um, as much as I was talking about how, like, players will learn their characters as they level up from 1 through 20, as you're DMing, you learn how to make encounters for the, the characters you have at their current level. Yeah. And it, you just have to iterate upon your past experience and of course you'll probably make mistakes as you go mm-hmm. but that's we learn from those you know yeah well i think that will say is the, the real level 20 is the 20s we made along the way uh we gotta start <laughs> wrapping up now that was <laughs> i ended it so good let's go over everyone's plugs chase do you have any plugs for us sure do um, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter at TQ Loudly. Uh, you can also find me on the sundry podcasts that I am on slash produce. Uh, I am the GM of Another Path, a uh, tabletop theatrical adventure. Uh, we're playing D&D 5th edition in a homebrew world. Uh, you can also find me as a player on Imprinted Echoes, which is a uh, game set in the world of Numenera using the Cypher system. Uh, you can also find me on Shakespeare. It is a roundtable discussion podcast where we are going through the uh, collective works of Shakespeare, and we're getting close to the end of that. Uh, So if there is a Shakespeare show that has always kind of been in the back of your mind that you don't know what it's about, uh, there is an almost certainly an episode for it. And if there isn't, there will be one within the next couple of months. Uh, I recommend listening to the Winter's Tale episode of that specifically, uh, because that is a buck wild show. Um, And all of those shows are on the Ghostlight Media Podcast Network, where we have a couple other shows on there uh, that if any of those sound interesting to you, I bet there's something else on there that you'll like as well. Excellent. Emily, do you have anything for us? Uh, My name is Emily. Uh, I have a Twitter that's public that I never use. Uh, (laughs) My name on there is currently Emily St. Patrick Stasky. So if that gives you any indication (laughs) how often I use it, uh, uh, because it's my public one and I use my private one a lot more often. But it's at the punny Emily. Uh, I also am sorry, what'd you say, and half damage. And I'm starting graduate school soon, so that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that's so nice. That's, I'm plugging myself on that one. <laughs> if you if you want to congratulate Emily on going to graduate school, you can go over to her Twitter that she probably won't see. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> also, I play Sturdy Valley sometimes when I don't oversleep with Alfred and Ismay. <laughs> yeah! yeah. <laughs> Kai, do you have anything for us? I mean, if we're doing our Twitters, uh, on Twitter I'm at... at- it's me, Kai, and um, you can find me uh, doing some other podcasts, uh, primarily on the Sinister Parent Company. Uh, podcasts like uh, Shadow Worlds RPG and Brothers in Time, 
And recently, I've been appearing on a podcast called Good Idea, as, as they take a break from coming up with great ideas <laughs> and uh, play a, a role-playing game called uh, Houses of Bones and Lamplights. If you want to see me pretending to be a frog who turned into a man, yeah, Obviously. check it out there. I want literally nothing else in this entire world, Caillou, so <laughs> you just made <laughs> my night. I, I was half expecting you to say like, oh yeah, the Good Idea podcast is taking a break, so come listen to some of my bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the Frog Prince Lilypad doesn't come up with many good ideas in the show. There you go. We got some bad ideas, baby. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me uh, essentially everywhere as a teacup gamer. Uh, you can find me there on Twitter and on like Instagram and that. And mostly, you can find me at a teacup gamer on Twitch. Uh, I stream games. I try and do it every day, but we're in weird times, so sometimes I don't. But I try. Uh, mostly, I play terrible FMV games uh, because they are my entire life. Uh, we get to sit around and wonder how any of these ever got made and really what classes someone calling themselves an actor <laughs> it's great come and join me at twitch.tv forward slash a teacup gamer for crit chat you can find us on itunes by searching crit chat and podcast and leave us a five-star review for this five-star show get us up in those algorithms and all the best podcast apps every other saturday until then i have been ismay i've been chase i've been emily and i've been cut and you've been listening to crit chat see you later nerds <laughs> Ha 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 